You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. everyone welcome back to for better self and net worth a network of multi-passionates and i have found a fellow podcast host from australia his name is dave monk he's the host of 12 hats radio he has two master's degrees and just a man of many talents so dave thank you for being on the show would you like to introduce yourself tell us what you're all about and what you like to do. Well, thanks very much for having, having me, Ella. Yeah, well, actually, 12 Hats is one of my many podcasts I host, but yeah, my main one is also the Friendly Futurist, that I'm all about you know, reporting on the, on the cutting edge of technology and the impact on society and environment, which is my main, main thing at the moment. And also, as I said, I've got two master's degree in marketing, one by coursework, the other by a thesis, um, and I can quite delve quite deep into that because it's all about uh, archetypal behavior and what we all, how we all see the world and how we all interpret you know, movies, TV shows, books, and everything like that. So let's begin. That sounds wonderful. Now, hmm. I noticed you talk a lot about blockchain yeah. on 12 Hearts Radio. Would you like to explain to us in layman's terms what blockchain is? Yes, well, the simplest answer I can give for blockchain is it's digital carbon paper. It's like an old school legend. You know, remember the old days when you had the, the old carbon paper when you write out the receipt and it gets imprinted on three or four pages behind it? That's what, yeah. that's what blockchain is. So blockchain is the digital version of that. So once you recorded a piece of data on the blockchain, it stays forever on the blockchain. But that also what blockchain is is it's really secure because it can guarantee, it guarantees anonymity and it's really transparent. So every transaction in Bitcoin, for example, can be traced. In fact, they, they caught the North Koreans trying to do some really dodgy fraud activity earlier this year. And yep. it was just plain, in plain sight who was involved. So it's, it's secure. It's also transparent. So, so like, for example, you can use a blockchain for say a coffee grower down in Colombia, they can actually record and have a ledger that says that they've produced this X amount of coffee at this grade at this price. And what that can do, this is can really 
free up the world. This is why we're really excited about it. It's not just Sarah, the technology, but the application of technology. They got that printed out as it was known as an NFT, a non-fungible token, which I, I hate, that, hate that term, but <laughs> I'll explain yeah. later. And then they can actually go to say a microfinance or a bank and say, look, this is what we can do. And this is genuine authenticated piece of um, data and they can actually then you know, build a house or send the kids to school. So it's a whole new whole way of cutting out the middleman, making things supply chain really secure and it's going to free up, um, it's going to make the world a much better place. It's also going to cut down fraudulent behaviour, dodgy behaviour, everything like that. So it's really, really... Yeah. I, I probably, like how- yeah. I like how transferable it is. So you're traveling to Mexico. Most of the time, Mexico, they'll take your credit card or, but mm. instead of having to turn dollars into pesos, mm. do you foresee blockchain being like a universal currency? Yeah. Where well, it take place? Yeah, we know it's, it's not financial advice. I know we're in a bit of a bear market with crypto at the moment. It's the major crash, but I do see crypto playing a major role. You look at where... All the countries that have essentially made crypto legal legal tender, it's not in Australia, it's not in the US, it's developing countries in South America and in Africa. Yep. And I see the point of time where, you know, because the inflation there, it's killing us here. And the petrol price is going through the roof. But over there, inflation is a real serious thing. But if they've got a stable, stable currency that's not tied in with the government, then you know, it's, it's power to the people because they've got something to, um, what's the word? Something really solid to fall back on and to use um, to trade in day-to-day life. And they can also transfer back to their, their own currency in real time. Wow. So you're telling me that inflation is not just a problem in the U.S. and the States. It is a worldwide. It's a worldwide problem at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all the price of the oil barrels at the moment, but I'm not really an economics professor, but this is, this is just a general observation. We're, we're, we're paying for the nose over here as well. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. we're all in this together when it comes yeah, that's right. to just dealing with inflation and, mm. you know, building up a tank. I know it went up $15 for me. I can't imagine if I drove a, yeah, I don't know. I, I've heard them before, but these like huge SUVs on the road. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason why I drive a hatchback. I've got a big SUV with, uh, so I see yeah. a picture, picture of people who own an SUV and they said like it costs them 300 bucks to fill up a tank of petrol. Like it usually costs about 90. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, I rented a Jeep Grand Cherokee a couple of weeks ago and it was almost a hundred dollars to fill it up. I could not mm. believe it. I said, okay. Yeah. This, yeah. A Jeep Grand Cherokee. I don't even think of that as a huge SUV. Mm. Yeah, but you talk about a lot about the future as well, mm. which is super fascinating because we all, I think for me, I'm very curious as to see what is going to change in the next five years, next 10 years. The internet, essentially. Yeah. The internet is going to morph into what's known as the metaverse um, and web three. So web two, what we're at in the moment. So web three is a more of a immersive experience so it's going to be a com- combination between not just blockchain technology but artificial intelligence and extended reality 
it's basically going to be a whole new digital layer in the digital, the physical world and the digital world is going to, going to merge. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, it's, I mean, at the moment, all web free technology is quite clunky, but you just remember how clunky Facebook was back in 2006. It wasn't really that user friendly yet it picked up and, it's also the interesting thing about the internet as well is that we're taken away. A is getting it's getting forced the hand with legislators, especially in Europe. But we're breaking up the big data silos of Google's and the Amazons of the world, and all that money because our data already is generating income revenue, but it's generating income for them. But that that revenue is going to get redistributed back to us. And there's potential. Um, and I spoke to a, a few guests who are in the know and think forming things like data unions, which are like a labor union. We actually potentially can get $20,000 worth of passive income. No questions asked just by sharing our data with big tech. So it, it's a very exciting movement. Um, also like in the metaverse, artists who sell NFTs can actually create royalties for life um, they can get programmed into not just a disc a, a digital file but a physical file and they can actually and every time that changes hands it gets 10 percent programmed to what's known as smart contract um, and also it's just going to be like web web anyone who's a web builder web developer is not going to really code much it's got to be programmed on game gaming engines like unreal and unity and it, we're just going to have jump from one virtual world to the other. So we don't really going to be searching. We're going to be more living in the internet, not on the internet. <clears throat> yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. That's really fascinating to think that we're going to be doing a metaverse. I'm seeing a lot on the internet about a lot of concerts being more <laughs> virtual. Yeah. And just any form of activities, almost like a, did you ever have a Wii? I did have a Wii. Yes. That is yeah. the only video game console that I really liked. Mm. Yeah, no, I really, especially love playing just the Wii Sport, like Wii Golf and Wii Bowling. Yeah, because you, yeah. you actually got exercise using this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a... That's, that's kind yeah. of what I'm imagining myself. Yeah, you're spot on. It's going to be a more of a gamified web experience for everyone. And you just got to follow the big money at the moment. Like Warner Music is investing heavily in Sandbox. Sandbox is one of the big metaverse gaming platforms at the moment. So they're putting all this money into to create, allow our artists to create you know, virtual concert spaces and you know, virtual lounge rooms where they can hang out with fans and stuff. You know, at the moment, there's not much scale and audience, so it's not really worth small businesses going into it. But you get, for, for the mere models like ourselves, it's a spectator sport. To, but you for, you'd be seeing all this big money, you know, Coca-Colas, Budweiser's, Nike of the world following, going into this space. And sooner or later, we're going to all going to jump that chasm in two or three years' time, and we'll all be living in the metaverse. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about to me that yeah. our realities are going to look completely different than mm. any generation that's ever lived before. But I remember yeah. first getting on Facebook and MySpace. Mm. I did not imagine that I would be getting news and 
advertisements yeah. and, you know, even that replacing communication, mm. calling Absolutely. somebody, or texting somebody. Yeah. And they're saying that the metaverse also can transcend time and space. So you can go to, if especially you've got a VR helmet on, goggles on, you can actually go into back in time or forward in time or into a whole new virtual space. And it's an interesting thing that, especially with the Gen Z, it's what you call Gen Z over in the States. Yep. 85% of brands, they expect 85, 80% of that age cohort expect, expect brands to be in the metaverse. And they don't want just e-commerce. They want a shop that's better than the physical environment. So it's very and it's also coming out of the pandemic. We're all getting zoomed yeah. tight. We all we all create this virtual space, so we don't have to. You know, I know we're recording on Zoom now, but we don't have to have Zoom meetings all the time. We can a whole metaverse alternative, and probably most people see the metaverse for the first time through something like Mozilla Hubs, where they'll go through like a virtual office and they use their avatar to walk up to a desk, and then they start chatting one on one like that. Then you also use mixed reality and then all of a sudden you're not having a computer screen you're having a holographic um representation of your co-worker and you can do it anywhere in the world it's just that technology is just not that far off it's not well and right now we already have a lot of companies going fully remote now mm. where we we've got the zoom we've got just the communication to where people don't have to work in the office. Yeah. It's almost becoming obsolete. So I can definitely see a metaverse kind of taking place in the office. And what do you think? So, you know, right now we're on zoom We're, you know, I'll publish this episode to Spotify. What do you think the metaverse would do for podcasting? What changes do you see? A few actually. Well, first of all, this is a big, I'm going to throw down a challenge for every podcast, if they especially want to take storytelling seriously, yep. look into spatial audio technology. So spatial audio technology, and there's the Dolby Atmos, basically headphones, but what is, what is, so imagine if you're like, you're in a recording studio with the Beatles and the spatial audio technology, point your head towards the drums, you'll hear Ringo putting your head towards the bass, you'll hear Paul McCartney, putting your head towards the lead guitarist, you'll hear George Harrison. And it's like, you're saying like, it's like really like you're standing right next to him. That's how advanced this technology is. And quite a few storytelling podcasts now are using this technology, um, mainly in the fictional genre. So that's the one thing I would like to see happening. The other thing is that I think podcasting will stay like it is, but... If you want to create value, then you, rather than going on to say Patreon, which you know you can easily get deplatformed if you criticize Patreon, you can actually sell tokens to your community that can go directly to you. And then you can, with those tokens, you can create your own virtual space. So you can have your super fans that can hang out with you inside the metaverse in your own little, just like a wreck, just like a, recreated function room or you know like a meeting room or breakout room or even just a lounge room or a green room something like that it's just a private space that you can hang out with your fans now i've spoken to a guy named fraser bell who runs melon over in london and he said 
for that work, you only need 100 to 200 super fans to rely on and you can generate a, a genuine, you can basically create a living out of it because you, these fans, super fans will live off everything you say and you can control the whole economy of scale inside your podcast. That's really interesting. So it would be a true community. It would be a true community, yeah. But we always talk about podcasts being a community, like building a community mm. that podcast is a community of multi-passionates, but people actually sitting in the room, sipping on tea and talking about mm. their lifestyle. Yeah, and it could be as niche as you want it. So you can be, you know, for Star Wars fans or, you know, for people who like a particular corner of the Marvel Universe or people who drive a particular car or, you know, it can be really, really niche and you can be, and this is what's fueling what what the Japanese government's calling Society 5.0, the Imagination Society. It's got to free up so much people to pursue creative endeavours. We don't have to work medial jobs that pay low. We can actually do something that more passionate, bring more enrichment into our lives and society will be much better for it because all the medial jobs will be going to robots and AI and even blockchain will take away some jobs as well. Yeah. What do you yeah. think what do you think people should do to prepare for this? I'm what comes to mind for me is learning how to code. Hmm. Uh I wouldn't code too much because AI will take over the coding and do it at a, such a sophisticated level that humans will not compete. I think it's just follow your passion at the moment. All right. Um, so we need to teach and we need to go down to generations below and start putting emphasis on art and music and all the creative subjects as much as we did with all the STEM subjects. Because this is what humanity is, is going to avoid moving towards. So we need to be really just do what we love and eventually the whole the whole money trail will come and follow you into the like say musicians at the moment a lot of them are particularly my country i have to work two jobs to because it's just once they make money and spotify only charges very little yeah i'm not that matter about spotify but it's the truth you know, 25,000 downloads would not make minimum wage here. But in the web free, they'd be able to. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like a difference between what we would say in Nashville is like, okay, yeah, you can have, you know, your downloads on Spotify, but mm. there are people who will make 500 to $1,000 in tips each night by performing yeah. on Broadway. That's the big yeah. capital where all the musicians mm. are. Yeah. And also the way you look at something like AI is, yes, it's going to take away a lot of jobs, but it's going to create a lot more jobs. But it's also, it's kind of like Google Maps. It, it won't direct your drive a car, but it'll direct you where to go. It's just up to yeah. hum, humanity just to add in the f- finesse and the, the finer touches to things. And so it's really, it's not really taking away our jobs. It, we're in a, another dust, industrial revolution, believe it or not. So in every industrial revolution, jobs go, but new, a lot more jobs get created. So you have to look at it a really big picture. Big picture. And I mm. think it's almost like there's an awakening since the pandemic mm. that people should really follow their passion. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that it's a precedent set too from pandemics? 
Um, that makes that, that makes sense. Yeah, so the Black Death gave way to the Italian Renaissance. Um, the the plague pandemics of the 1600s in England in particular gave way to the late age of the Enlightenment in the 1700s and the Spanish flu. It gave way to the Roaring Twenties and for you guys in the States, it gave way to the Harlem Renaissance. So what pandemics do is that, they, especially they force them in, people inside and not to, they just force them to look inwards and this is where all the creativity gets spewed out. But the golden age we're about to enter into, it hasn't happened yet because we have to, if you read this book called um, A Pilot's Arrow by Nicholas Christakis, he's a medical sociologist over at Yale. There's three stages of a pandemic. It's the pathogen, there's the what the hell just happened stage where everyone freaks out and it's just bad news for governments and everything like that. So there's got to be a lot of strife in the next couple of years. But once that's all settled down, because you can't have a whole generate whole population out on alert and all bent up, you know, grief and anger and everything like that. So it's just not it's just not healthy. It's just got to be it's got to be let out like a police valve. Once that happens, it's got to be a huge party. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, and that's going to use that the huge party kicks in about five, ten years after the the pathogen, the, the virus becomes from pandemic to endemic. So, and we have been following everything to the letter of past pandemic patterns. Um, you read chronicles from the Black Death, and there was distrust authorities, there was spread of misinformation, there was disbelief in viruses. Guess what? That happened that's happened in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. I mean, you know, I think mm. people in our generation, not only have we lived through a pandemic before, so nobody yeah. what to expect. We're like doom and gloom. We're locked in our houses. Mm. Yeah. It has, hasn't happened in hundred years. And in Christakis's book, he also says that uh, war, famine and pandemics are the free enemies of humanity since in antiquity basically so the free old foes yeah okay i'll have to check that out do you have any other books that you would recommend oh i'm currently reading uh a book it's, it's all about the metaverse by kathy hackle now kathy is the godmother of the metaverse she writes for Adweek. Mm-hmm. Um, it's things got into the metaverse. I'll send you over the link to you. Um, it's really fascinating. And also another book I recommend, and it's, it was written about year 2000. It's called The Fourth Turning by Alan Strauss. Fourth Turning by Alan Strauss. Okay. Yep. And basically it says that, and this was why a lot of, every 80 to 100 years, humanity goes through cycles. So, and the fourth turning is basically the global winter. The last global winter was the depression and World War II. And before that, it was written by uh, there in the States. And before that was the US Civil War. Before that was the US War of Independence. It goes back every 80, 100 years, there's gonna be a major crisis. Then we get a new social contract and society gets renewed and we go into a new golden age. They predicted this is going to happen back in late 90s, early 2000s. 
Um, it also talks about the generation. So every generation has an archetype. So the millennials are heroes and the boomers are the prophets and the Gen Xs are the wanderers, I think, and the Gen Zs are the artists. But it's only four archetypes that get renewed every, when they come to age at a particular time of period, that's when they take on this sort of role. So, and for the millennials, they, they argue that we will go, some of it hasn't come true yet. So has yeah. it, it's got to be far off because it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But it's just of it is that the millennials are the generation, much like the greatest generation fought in World War II, uh, going, ones are going to be rebuilding society. And this was this again, putting two and two together, this is what the um we'll be doing with the whole metaverse and all this new technology that's coming through. It seemed to be the millennial generation that seemed to be the forefront, the CEOs, the founders, the startup owners who are building up. Yes. And the troublemakers. And the troublemakers, yeah. Yeah, according to other generations, we're the troublemakers, squeaky will. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, before the war, I mean, the greatest generation, no one really fought much of them either because they were just kids who held down their luck. Yeah. And they they were just had no jobs and there was a depression on and they couldn't get into the workforce. And they had so, to find ways to work the ways out of the depression. Yeah. So Mark Twain always said that history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. So. I like that. It doesn't repeat, mm. it often rhymes. Yeah. Oh, the, well, what lasting advice do you want to give to the listeners? And also tell us where we can find you and how we can support you. Well, my lasting advice is that First of all, switch off the news. Well, stay in touch, but don't rely heavily on the news yes. and get more than one news source and just keep it in small doses. Keep it in small doses. Yeah. <laughs> we're living in a such, if you take a pause and look around you, we're living in a transformational period. We're, we're in the, got the front seat rows for a most, one of the most incredible periods in human history. I mean, and you look outside the world, you know. Before the pandemic, we had the lowest rate of poverty in the world. We have the highest rate of development, highest rate of people moving into the middle classes. So the world is not that bad a place. It's just the news is always, bad news always sells. And that's the thing. So just turn the news off for a while and just broaden your reading and just looking at what's happening around you. We're moving fast, moving into a new future, which is going to be really, really exciting and a better place and, so just do that. Where you can find me, the best place to find me is on my other podcast, The Friendly Futurist. We're currently doing a whole series on blockchain revolution. So I'm covering the creative economy. I'm covering people who are kind of cryptocurrency at the beginning. I'm also about to release an episode on what's known as play to earn gaming, where people in the Philippines, for example, are, have quit their jobs and are playing video games and earning money doing so just incredible that's a dream that's something i think that we're all trying to manifest yeah is living the life we want and doing mm. what we're passionate about and not just how do how do you say punching a clock warming the seat yeah we're humanity is going to be in a much better place in 10 years time and just 
in a sensible way to look at it is have a bit of cautious optimism. Yes, we've got to go through some some shit, pardon my French, but you know, no worries. It's, this whole thing will be corrected and everything, once it's been corrected, you know, we'll be living in a global spring and it'll be a, a new golden age. And that's something to really look forward to. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. The, yeah. Now, I know you definitely gave me a lot of hope and it's just very inspirational. You have such mm. a wealth of knowledge. And I know listeners are going to look forward to following you, supporting you on your podcast. Um, yeah. We'll also put your information in the show notes so everybody can connect with you and learn more about blockchain and the metaverse and what's to come in the near future. Mm. Yep. So the best place to connect is on LinkedIn. So look up Dave Monk, MPhil CPM. I'm the one with the headphones at the beginning of my name. Um, that's probably the best place where I live. Or follow me on Twitter at FriendlyFutureI1. I can't get the future funny futures handle for some reason but that's my main two main areas I, I live on yep definitely put that in the show notes well thank you again for coming on the show and sharing with us my and pleasure yes and then we'll probably see you in the metaverse yes and listen out for Ella's episode of my podcast coming out very shortly yes I'm so excited thank you thank you you are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.